Welcome to a very belated episode of The Poff with your host, me. Uh, this week is, uh, as, you, as you know, the last show came out at the end of August, so we've had a couple of, uh, nothing's really poffed me off. But next week on the show, we've got the uh, wonderful Abe will be joining me, but this one's going to be a quick one. It's just a poff that I've had probably for the last 10 years, but uh, it's really starting to heat up at the moment. And uh, that is music. We're copping a blow at the moment. We're getting told not to download music, not to pirate music, you know, and all this type of thing. Piracy is a bad thing. It takes away the money from the artists and all that kind of stuff, which is a fair enough claim. But the biggest piracy that I'm seeing of late, um, and we saw a bit of it back in the 80s, uh, if you can remember, a band called Huey Lewis and the News. Got a little bit upset or puffed when Ray Parker Jr. came out with that wonderful song, and we all know and love Ghostbusters, who you're going to call. He said that that song sounded too much like his song, I Want a New Drug Called Love. Therefore, Mr. Lewis and his buddies, the news, sued Ray Parker Jr. and I believe won maybe an out-of-court settlement, but basically got paid for the usage of that uh, track. Now, the thing that put me in a quandary the other day is I was listening to the song Dance and Shout by the Jackson 5. And if you have this song or if you want to YouTube it or whatever, um, have a listen to all three songs. Now, Dance and Shout, I believe, was the one that came out first. And it sounds remarkably the same as both Ghostbusters and I Want a New Drug Called Love, which kind of made me think, you know, where was the legal standing for Huey Lewis to actually sue Ray Parker Jr.? But that was pretty much the last time we saw of that because from then on, songs like I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy, I think he paid a record £750,000 to Mr. Gordon Sumner, a.k.a. Sting, to use the uh, riff from Every Breath You Take. Now, it became a pretty big thing in the late 80s, early to mid 90s, where you heard a lot of songs coming out that were basically sampled from songs from the 70s and 80s. Um, You Can't Touch This, for example, by MC Hammer, the wonderful car salesman, um, was actually Super Freak by... Can't think of his name, but he's a great little performer, and I should really know his name, but it's on the tip of my tongue. But no, I can't really say it. But anyway, his song used Super Freak for the main baseline of the song, and I'm assuming that there would have been some kind of royalty payment to the author of uh, what's his name? It's Rick. Rick, someone. Do you know Glenn? Are you monitoring this? No, not Rick Astley. For God's sakes, I'm not a music head. You're not, you're not a music head? No. It, Rick James. Rick James. There you go. As soon as I go to open Google, Rick James pops in my head. So Rick James, Super Freak, if you listen to that, is actually You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. And as I said, I'm sure there was some kind of royalty payments to Rick James to use that riff. Now, if we all remember or can we remember a song called Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, are we familiar with this song? Yes, well, well, there's a uh, song that came out in the mid-90s by an artist by the name of Gabrielle called Dreams. And Dreams was really just a straight-out rip of that riff. And if you listen to Fast Car, then listen to Dreams, you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about because you can actually sing Fast Car over the top of Dreams and vice versa. 
Um, recently, a band, an Australian band actually, called Empire of the Sun have released a song called, I think, something Walking on the Moon or something to that effect. Um, it's a new dance song. It uses the same riff, only it's sped up to 128 beats per minute. Like, you can actually sing Dreams or Fast Car over the top. Walking on a Dream is the song. So, you know, I'm not sure if any money exchanged hands with regards to the use of that riff, but, you know, people might turn around and say, well, you know, there's only ever three chords or four chords in a song anyway and you can get away with it. But, like, you know, there are songs out there that really do have a... a um, staple riff that you know sticks in your head which makes it a hit and that riff for fast car has been used in those two songs that i've mentioned um years after tracy chapman actually wrote the song now we move on to another one at the moment which is really annoying me which is the r&b scene now we all know of beyonce and we all know of chris brown um, but we all know the song Irreplaceable, which is a song that was performed by Beyonce. Um, I have reason to believe Nao and Beyonce did the lyrics for the song, but the music itself was written by three or four or five um, European guys. When I say European, I can't think of the country that they came from, but it was one of those maybe Scandinavian countries. This song or this beat and this riff has been utilised now since Irreplaceable came out in songs With You by Chris Brown, Tattoo by Jordan Sparks, although someone pointed that out to me, but I still don't think it's exactly the same. But With You, Irreplaceable, and there's a new song on the scene which is currently in the American charts called T-Shirt by a lovely lady by the name of Chantel. Now, if you listen to all three songs, you can hear the same song. It is the same song. They've just added slightly different melodies and completely different lyrics. This, to me, isn't songwriting. This, to me, is regurgitation. We saw a lot of this in the olden days with Stock Aiken and Waterman, but at least they had the audacity, not the audacity, the decency, I should say, to actually come up with some original songs. Like, you know, if you listen to songs by Rick Astley or Kylie Minogue or, you know, half of the factory performers that were, you know, released back in that, that lovely decade... Most of the songs do have individual melodies. They are unique songs. But, you know, these days you're hearing songs that are absolute rip-offs that you can sing songs over the top of. To give you some more examples, Usher, Love in This Club or Love in the Club or Let's Make Love in the Club or whatever it's called, is actually Kith, uh, what's it called? Um, Hinder, Lips of an Angel, I think is the song. Um you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you listen to the song and you can literally sing the other song over the top of it. And this is what I'm talking about, where you're hearing songs now where there's not a lot of creative work has gone into them. They've basically either heard a karaoke version of a song, started singing something over the top of it, which I urge any songwriter out there, if you want to actually get into the industry, grab a couple of karaoke tracks come up with your own lyrics, come up with some original melodies over the top of the, you know, the bass track that's there, and who knows, you might actually come up with a number one hit because that seems to be what they're doing at the moment in the Hollywood of music, I guess is the best way to, you know, in, in the, the, the downtown world of, of LA's music scene. Um, you're also looking at some hideous rip-offs in the form of Where Is The Love by... Black Eyed Peas, and I believe Justin Timberlake actually had some, you know, a helping hand in the writing of that song. You know, great song, love it to death, but when you listen to songs like No One by Alicia Keys, it's the same bloody song. 
You know, you can literally sing Where Is The Love Over The Top. In fact, an awesome band in Florida by the name of Boyce Avenue, um, if you go to youtube.com forward slash Boyce Avenue, B-O-Y-C-E Avenue, they do an awesome medley of uh, Tattoo into the chorus of No One by Alicia Keys and then they followed up with a bit of Where Is The Love, showing you exactly how those songs are very, very similar. Um, going back a few years, you were looking at songs like uh, One by U2. Now everyone knows this song. They've probably sung along to it in pubs and you know, probably had it on their iPod at one time or another. But One is, I think, you know, the original song. That to me is the you know, song that started it all. You listen to songs like Seven Days by Craig David. Sorry, not Seven Days, Walking Away by Craig David. And then you listen to a song by the Australian artist Pete Murray, um, So Beautiful, I think is the title. Each of these songs are so similar to each other. Again, you can sing those songs over the top of them. Just recently, um, well, at work, working with some musicians, I managed to have them, like we all know the song Beautiful Girls by Sean Kingston is actually a licensed sample of Stand By Me by Ben E. King. And that was quite, you know, quite an interesting thing. Not hard, you know, very obvious. If you listen to So um, Beautiful Girls, you can actually hear the Stand By Me riff happening in the background. While performing a medley of those two songs, some performers who I work with, I basically, uh, the guitarist who was performing at the time started throwing in some every breath you take chords into the mix. And I said, well, you can actually throw in I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy. And sure enough, which you can see on youtube.com forward slash live at Waxies, the performance where they perform Stand By Me, they open with Stand By Me, they go into Beautiful Girls, and then they go into I'll Be Missing You. And the, the whole time, the chord progression does not change one iota. So, you know, again, you can hear the similarities in the songs. Um, another one at the moment, and again, I still, you know, obviously if there's anyone out there that can actually give me some information as to the legalities of it, whether or not there have been royalties paid to the original artist, but John Mayer has a song which we all know and love called Waiting on the World to Change. Um, this song, I recently experimented with some of the musos that I work with, and they did a version that I suggested, which was Waiting on the World to Change, mixed in with People Get Ready. If we know the song People Get Ready, there's a train coming from the 60s. And Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Now, you'd think that those three songs are three completely different songs, but when you actually play them back to back, they are extremely similar songs. Um, and it just seems to me that, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot. Like, for example, Bob Dylan, I think in one of his songs, maybe all along the Watchtower, he says all you need is three chords and the truth to write a song. Um, I believe that this is true. And, you know, you can actually write probably hundreds of thousands of thong- songs using three chords, but those songs will sound different. You know what I mean? It boils down to the rhythm, the tempo. Um, the actual way that the chords are played. You know, there's a mil- that's the, th- the thing that's beautiful about music is that you know, on a guitar or a piano, you can actually take three chords, <clears throat> shuffle them around, you know, change the feel, change the timing, do a whole range of things and com- come up with completely different melodies and actually do original songs. So realistically, the excuse of the fact that you know, all the songs sound the same because they all use the same chords is a crock of shit. 
realistically, there's one thing. You can actually write a myriad of songs using three chords and we've seen that happen where you cannot identify the songs. You know, Even though they are using the same chords, you cannot identify the songs. But these people that are currently out there pirating the music that we know and love are literally taking everything from the feel, the beats, the tempo. Um, like even when you look at those three songs, Irreplaceable, With You and Chantel's T-shirt, they all sit around 86 to 87 beats per minute. Like they, they don't even hide the fact that the songs, you know, they don't even speed them up a touch. They're identical beats per minute. They're identical melodies. They're identical chord progressions, identical beats. Um, it's just downright replication of another song and cashing in, which really annoys me is the fact that, you know, you know like it's kind of like, you know, say, for example, Elvis Presley releases a song, um, Moody Blue or Can't Help Falling In Love. What was one of his biggest hits? You know, Love I'm Me Tender. Love Me Tender. If, 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 if the king had have released Love Me Tender, that song went number one for 10 weeks or 12 weeks or 12 months or whatever it went number one for. And then, he, and then he turns around and he says, well, because Love Me Tender was so popular, mm. let's take that melody, let's take those chords, let's take that tempo and just write another song with different lyrics and call it You're So Gentle or I Love You More, or something like that. But, you know, you could actually sing Love Me Tender over each of those songs. That, to me, is not writing original music. That's just cashing in on a formula that works. And when you see the music industry stooping to a level where they're not even – they're so complacent that they are just taking formulaic music and just remapping them over the top of each other, changing the artist, changing the storyline of the song, and just changing a few um, lyrics here and there – that is not music. That is cheating the system and that is, you know, and, and what really upsets me is the fact that the, the audience of the, of the world now have become so, um, in, 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 what's the word, in, 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 enraptured or so ensconced in this whole cool thing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because Chris Brown's performing and it's great because, you know, back in the 80s because Michael Jackson's performing and it's a great song. Nothing against Michael on that level because he did do original music. But the point of the matter is, is that you 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 need to be more alert to the fact that the songs you're listening to are not original songs. Um, one final one that I can throw in, and again, do by all means listen to these songs and give me your feedback. See me, see if you think you hear the same things that I'm hearing. Um, Shadow of the Day by a band called Lincoln Park. If you listen to that song, then you listen to With or Without You by U2. You're going to hear the same thing. If you also throw in songs like um, uh, Bush, they did a song called, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, Bush had one of their hits, Not Come Down. It was Glycerine. And then you listen to Lightning Crashes by Live. Those songs have a similar feel, but they're different enough. You know I mean, the chord progressions are kind of similar, but they are still two completely unique songs. Whereas Shadow of the Day and With or Without You, not a lot of imagination has gone into Shadow of the Day. You know what I mean? They've basically sat down one night, maybe had a couple of drinks, were listening to you 2 at the time, and went, hey, let's just add a whole new melody over the top of With or Without You. And the song went into the top five, I think it was, maybe just the top ten of the Billboard charts. Now, the songwriters are getting paid a hell of a lot of money and the music that was originally written by the band members of U2, 
I don't believe that they're seeing any of that money, even though they're the ones who wrote the song, probably inspired a decade of musicians, but not to the point where they're saying, yeah, sure, just take our song and write some new lyrics and make a new song and make loads of, mil- you know, loads of money out of it. And you can kind of see a karmic thing happening where you know, so many of these artists are actually you know, becoming so complacent with their songwriting skills that you kind of wonder why you know, if, say, for example, if I turn around and I rip off a few songs and they go out and they make, you know, millions of dollars and I find out that that song has become popular and millions of people are downloading it for free, well, then take a leaf out of the book. Maybe you should write an original song and see where karma takes you because realistically a song that's a regurgitated other song isn't really original music. So that's the POF for this week. Yeah, and if you have any emails you want to send, and like I said, if you have any other songs that you've heard that sound or remind you of other songs, feel free to send them through and uh, we'll pick it up on next week's show. Other than that, over and out. See you later.